The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. It's never too late to protect your wealth. And today we've got a lot of stuff happening in the world that says today is the day that you should start considering that as an option. Of course, here at Guildhall Wealth, we deal only in physical precious metals, as well as natural fancy colored diamonds, a topic we hope to get to a little later in the show. Uh, Some very, really interesting things with that one, Jerry. Wait till you see what I found online with, with regard to a natural fancy colored diamond. And uh, but first, uh, and then also later in the show, we've got some topics uh, specifically bank uh, debanking and unbanking, two relatively new terms you probably haven't heard about that we should define what is unbanking and what is debanking, and uh, we'll get to that as well. But first, let's let's talk about some some updates. Uh, What we saw recently in the past week, Uh, Jerry. I'll start off. Did you see uh, that? that the Rothschilds are auctioning off their wealth. Could you believe that? <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> believe that. It was a pretty good one, though. New York Post, you got to check that out. Um, let's, let's find, let me just find that post. They basically, I mean, I have never, ever heard about, about uh, the you, Rothschild you don't sell your liquidating assets. No. Well, what is that? Well, that's another rabbit hole, Jeremy, we can delve into, but uh, we all know who they are. Okay. Uh, what they own, their involvement in banks, hard assets. But um, the timing of all of this, I think that is, that is, what, is uh, what is most exciting. To me, it's just this, this idea of what do they need to sell anything for? I, I would assume that everything that they own is sort of a historical artifact at this point. Uh, but a vast collection of their art furniture, silver, ceramics, and jewelry long held in a private collection are going to be sold for as much as $30 million this fall at a Christie's New York auction. $30 million is not a lot either. No. Typically in the real world of, of people selling $30 million worth of stuff, it would probably entail that you need the money. I don't see why they're, why they're making this move. It just... It's one of those curiosities. <laughs> it's just really one of those curiosities. Um, I think we'll be hearing more. You uh, think on the you think there, there's more to tell on this one? Likely. Well, speaking like of... Whenever you think of liquidations, you think of, okay, I'm just, what came to my mind was a crypto company. What they do is they just seize the crypto and they sell it to market. That's what, it's, that's what it felt like to me. I don't know if it was oh. seizures, but uh, you know what? 50 million is nothing. Oh, I don't know where to segue from this one. You just you just teed up FTX because there's <laughs> some news. The there's some news on that. Well, let's talk about let's talk about treasure. So you know they're they're selling off some family treasure. Did you hear about the man walking with a metal detector found a cache of gold dating back to 500 AD? That guy's a winner, and he's a Norwegian, right? Yeah, winner. I want a I want a metal detector. <laughs> I'll be that guy. Well, I don't think the metal detector actually finds i don't know if they actually calibrate to find gold it must have been what it was contained in or something we'll walk around with our our gold uh, purity tester <laughs> you know you know my my wife and i were watching for whatever reason or other we decided to watch titanic 
the movie. I, I don't know. Maybe it was the sub thing. I don't So we're watching it. And do you remember the first scene in the movie? Not really. Okay. The first scene in the movie is they pull up the safe from, from the wreckage. Mm-hmm. And the guy's all excited. They crack open the safe. And then they're disappointed because all that comes out is a bunch of mud. Because what they were really looking for is an asset that would that if in the in the vault there in the safe would still be per, in perfect condition, which in this case was supposedly, I guess, the Hope Diamond or something like that, right? right. Um, or something along the lines of like a Hope Diamond. And I'm looking at that, going, yeah, exactly. If there was actually gold in there, or actually diamonds in there, that would be worth something. But stock certificates, no, they're not going to be worth anything inside of that and it just it just reinforces this idea and same thing with this norwegian we're talking we're talking talking about a valuable from 500 ad in perfect condition in the ground i mean if you if you don't think that gold and silver are a store of wealth after hearing that mm-hmm. about something that doesn't erode doesn't corrode will just sit there and store the wealth for thousands of years I mean, you should just turn off now. Exactly. And further to the, to the story of gold, to the case for gold, this was found in Norway, which would be just as good in India, which would be just as good in, Ch- in Canada, China. You can, that would be valued anywhere, which is one of the tenets of, of why gold and why gold is money. It's recognizable beyond the borders, beyond the languages, beyond the creed, beyond the everything. It is valuable here. What, was, what were they, in fact? Were they just artifacts or coins? Yeah, they were coins. Oh, nice. I, I mean, I guess you'd still have to check out what, what they were specifically and do the research on it. But apparently, it really was the find of the century. And you still hear about these all the time. I remember they Great found story. some in Israel a few year, few months back. It just can, kind of continues over and over. So um, the next one I wanted to talk about was this uh, FTX. Um, did you hear about the FTX, the, the new guy with the FTX? Ryan Salome, the ex-FTX executive, will plead guilty to criminal charges, including donating $24 million of stolen customer funds, funds to U.S. Congress and campaigns. Mm. That comes via Bloomberg. I saw the headline, didn't go into it, but wow, he used, what if I was a customer of FTX? He used my deposits to fund the campaign of a political party? Yeah, now I do believe, I remember that they were saying a judge ruled that that the politicians had to give the money back and you and i were talking about this saying but if the money gets spent how do they give it back right where does it come from like did they get back all the money from from bernie madoff i don't think so yeah they're right? doing a lot of car washes the ponzi scheme they took the money they spent the money and it's gone like you're lucky to get back something at some point this is with with regard to a gold perspective this is the whole point of if you can't hold it you don't own it you want to actually have the asset that you have ownership of, right? doesn't necessarily mean that I keep it under my bed, that, that analogy we like to use, because at some point you have to physically store it to ensure it and secure it. But the point is, is that if it's fully allocated, fully segregated in your name, you have the ability to go and personally audit the holdings, you can take delivery anytime, all of these sort of criteria that, that we meet at Guildhall allow you to say, I have pure ownership of this. It's held in a vault outside the banking system. This cannot be taken by any anyone. Mm-hmm. And anyone that did, if that was the case, you actually have an insurance policy for that. That's why you're paying storage and insurance. 
that's what they cover at, at Brinks, for instance, is the only way <laughs> that this disappears is if someone actually, and you should see the security that they use for Brinks. Yep. To, to make sure that nothing happens to, to the metals, not just the, not just the strength of the vault, but the procedures, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. Um, ironically, $24 million, by the way, is close to what the Rothschilds are, are, are auction, auctioning <laughs> off. All of these correlations makes you just continue to scratch your head. Yeah, there's, there's, there's someone out there selling. I mean, we've seen diamonds sell at auction for $100 million and $80 million much more than what the Rothschilds are, are auctioning off. Again, probably I want their color diamonds to beat the dead horse. It's just, what is this? What kind of news headline is this that they're, that they're, are they forced to do it? I mean, sell off a few trinkets, trinkets. We need mm -hmm. an extra 30 million. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Um, the other bit of news I wanted to get your opinion on Jerry was, um, out of, well, there's a couple. Actually, 21 countries have officially agreed to ditch the U.S. dollar in 2023. We could talk about that one. Um, but the chief of the United Nations is basically saying there's going to be economic and financial changes to the system. I thought that was a pretty big one, if you ask me. For that, to, uh, for that statement to come from the U.N., above all, it was definitely a very interesting statement. We've heard them chime. We've they've chimed in before, stating that you know stop the interest rate hikes. Uh, you're killing people in the third world. You're making the emerging markets very unstable. So they're getting into the eco economics now. Um, they're coming. They're coming. They're wheeling. The, they're wheeling the UN in now to talk about you know the the rate hikes and and the costs of uh, and the interest. So. Um, it's definitely changing. The landscape is changing. The de-dollarization is a result of the weaponization of the of the SWIFT system, of the financial system, the U.S. dollar. Um, controls are shifting. And I think with the controls, the major shifts are going to be the way things and assets and resources will be priced. Because you no longer, I mean, you, first you lose the, the control of the U.S. dollar being used in all trade. But the, the system's still in place. You still have the same U.S. controlling the prices of cotton gasoline, the comic silver and gold prices, where, you know, they don't mind gold and silver in, in, in New York, do they? They hold some, but they don't do the work. So, so do you think that a comment like this from the, the chief of the United Nations warning that the world risks a great fracture of its economic and financial systems is not so much as a warning, it's kind of double speak to say we're worried that we're losing control? It's part of the mainstream narrative of of trying to discredit the union and the alliance that the BRIC nations have. They've already established the relationship. It's a done deal. How? Sure, some of these nations may have not got along in the past, but when you were, you know, when you received the same negative treatment as, you know, once an enemy, you become partners, especially when you ground the foundation of your relationship with the very asset that you understand, which is gold, which is assets like oil. These are very important assets, and these are the very assets that they have hordes of, that they have control of, and, and that they export to the eat to the West. So there's a there's a mechanism of control. You maintain. You just you know recaptured the control. You got independence back for yourselves. So another thing of oh you know they're not really they're divid they're divided. This is the fracturing. Of, of what the UN is talking about is 
it's, it's going to cause problems. We're all fractioned. No, they're not. There's an alliance, and you're on the outside looking in. That's what's so, happening. So there, it's, it could be more of a warning that, that we're worried about losing control. 100%. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. More to come here on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back, Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. If you're looking for a way to protect wealth, we're obviously we're not advisors, uh, financial advisors. We only deal in physical precious metals, which are not equities. They're just personal use items. They're, they're assets that people hold. Over the last 20 years, gold has increased in value close to 400%. Silver, I think, is in the 350%, and that's in Canadian dollars. And if we do think about a larger picture here, this is about the fact that gold actually doesn't do anything. It's becoming more expensive in Canadian dollars because the Canadian dollar is losing value, right? It's losing purchasing power. And we see that in inflation. We've talked about inflation for a long time. At one point, it was quite stealthy. Now it's become quite overt. Um, and so now we see that the central banks are and governments are, have to employ policies to try to, to try to tamp that down, as it were, Jerry. Um, what's the update on the, on the Central Bank of Canada, Bank of Canada this week? So the big meeting was this week, uh, Wednesday, 10 a.m. The Bank of Canada rate statement came out. Bank of Canada kept the interest rates. Uh, they stood pat at 5%. Did give, us, give a speech that it sounded pretty hawkish, hawkish, but as a result of the, of the pause, the Canadian dollar fell to, I think it was a, it was a few weeks low. Um, the loonie fell off. And, you know, it was actually praised by many people in the real estate industry. A lot of relief could be seen. Could this be the end of rate hikes, rate hikes um, in, the, in Canada? And definitely a lot of Canadians, specifically um, a, a lot of politicians, would love to see rate rates uh, getting cut. Um, but then the following day, so after holding rates at 5% on Wednesday, they came out the following day and said this, the Bank of Canada says interest rates may not be high enough the very next day. So they paused, I guess, just for a show, just for a little bit of a, a easing some of the tension, but they're saying we're good. We have, we have more to go. So the Bank of Canada governor, his name is Tiff Macklin, and he also gave a speech and he commented and saying, guess what guys, the federal and provincial government spending is not helping to relieve this inflation. So he stated the obvious, which was, you know, hit myself on the head. The, the, the statement was so obvious, the deficit spending creates currency out of thin air, which is the cause of their inflation. So the solution would be stop deficit spending, get to work, and let's get, you know, get things going. Let's become energy independent. There are so many solutions that the Bank of Canada can adopt especially sound money, Jeremy. Your thoughts on the interest rate hikes? Well, I think you were just talking about the fact that r the deflection from the Bank of Canada to say, you know, your, your government spending 
um, and also taxation is actually inflationary um, and it's running counter to to the, the the Bank of Canada raising interest rates trying to keep inflation under control. It makes me think about a quote that I read recently um, and I just pulled it up here while you were talking saying, the biggest scam in life is paying taxes on money we make, paying taxes on the money we spend and taxes on the things we own that we already pay taxes on with already taxed money. <laughs> and, you know, you obviously if the government is is going to sit there and continue to spend money, then they're never going to get inflation under control and they're going to continue to blame the, the, the public for it and they're going to raise taxes on it, which is, is, is doubling up on everything, mm -hmm. right? Because your prices are going up and then you're taxing and so you're getting more tax on, what, on, the, on the higher prices. Um, but things are going to fall apart. Now, I don't think the, Fed, uh, the Federal Reserve or the Bank of Canada, I think they're going to have a trouble dropping interest rates even in a crisis mm -hmm. and i think it won't matter yeah there's argument we don't know nobody really no. knows um let's let's move on let's I talk think, about I think we should okay okay let's talk about debanking and unbanking jerry can you tell us a little bit about the difference between the two because these are brand new terms yeah definitely something that we're seeing a lot of people do in response to a lot of the things that are happening, especially in the banking system, the currency systems. You know, uh, over the past few years, especially, we saw a lot of people undigitize their well, undigitize and unbank. You know, there's a lot of de-dollarization and undigitizing your wealth happening already. But unbanking is typically is what it is. It's generally unsubscribing, and Canadians and um, Americans and global citizens are getting their money out of the banking system. Um, JP Morgan, for example, has seen the most amount of money, the, about 25 of the largest banks uh, are seeing lower lows in deposits in the US and in response to FTX, as a response to the weaponization of the banking system potentially, um, maybe overprinting, we're seeing a lot of inflation, they released 40 year high inflation. Yeah, I would and now think they're, now, now they're raising interest rates over and over again, they're, 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 they're we're now seeing bankruptcies happening. Bank accounts are, you know, being, you know, ravaged. The savings are being ravaged. So people are unbanking. They don't want to participate in the system. They don't want to even participate in keeping the money into stocks. Maybe Vanguard or these Black Rocks. These are. This is what people are telling us. So you're saying on on the one hand, it's unbanking in terms of uh, a fear portion, worried about the stability of the financial system, because we've seen it before with the with the Great Financial Crisis and. 2008 and nothing got solved so we were hurtling towards another another uh, uh, financial collapse so there could be a bit of a fear trade then there you're also saying there's there's inflationary reasons keeping up with keeping up that you could be dipping into savings that could be another reason why people are, are also withdrawing funds and then as well as inflation which is interesting because when when the interest rates were at zero you had to chase yield now that they're at five percent, you still have to chase yield because the even if you're getting five percent on a treasury or whatnot for for five months or three months, the fact is is inflation's higher than that. Mm -hmm. The real rates, real rate real is is more than down. that. So you have to again chase yield. But what if you don't want to chase it in a in in stocks that are already overvalued because of the low interest rates? Mm -hmm. Where do you turn? So 
I suppose a lot of that is is coming into the precious metal market, and you do see that. You do see physical metal being pulled off the exchanges and going into private hands. Yeah, we're seeing that. We people want to when the trust and the credibility is just shot. Um, it's very difficult to get that back. It's very very difficult to get your the money back into the very system that you don't you don't trust. And this is developing. This has been a trend of de-dollarization and and now debanking and unbanking rather. Now debanking, on the other hand, is what we're seeing um, when bank accounts are being closed. When banks are closing the bank accounts for individuals for maybe participating in a protest, maybe. And this is you know we're now seeing the entrance that about third day for Tamara Lich now, with the convoy, the Ottawa convoy happening. So we're paying it. I'm paying attention to that. I'm very invested in that as well. I like I like to see what's happening and developing in there. The the I think the biggest. Um sort of figurehead of debanking right now would be Nigel Farage, a politician out of the UK. Him especially, yeah, that's right. He was just an opposition leader, right? He had very strong views, and they closed his bank accounts. And this is this is how they treat the opposition and leadership in, in parliament. You know, this is, this is um, very dangerous in my opinion, and, you know, people have taken note. So is that similar then to the social credit score in a way? You know, if if you if you're not espousing the correct views in certain countries, they basically cut you off from your ability to spend money. Is that is that similar, or or is this a step towards that? Yeah, I think that's a step towards the creation and implementation of the central bank digital currency idea. Um, but again, it's an idea. I think it's a total failure, um, simply because. People are just not going to participate and subscribe to this. Now, there was, an, there was some news this week talking about a, a kind of a version of debanking with regard to mortgages, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, that was a great article that was, that was brought up by a great Instagrammer, IG guy. You, got, you guys got to follow him. He's at Daniel Folk. He was on IG. He talked about this, this trend that he's talking about. He's a real estate guy. And uh, he brought up a really good article from last week from BNN Bloomberg. Mortgage growth buckles under weight of rate hikes in Canada. And his chat was very quick and succinct and really talked about the changing in the banking industry, specifically due to mortgage growth. Year-over-year year mortgage growth is down. Lenders are losing money in, in, the, in the mortgage space. A lot of low growth, which is what we're seeing in a stagflation environment. But he pointed to some of the ch further changes that some banks are doing. And some banks, this gentleman from one of the big banks is talking about, we're being more efficient with regards to the use of our capital. The strategy has been improving this bank's net interest margin. And they're, what they're doing is they're, dis, they're um, using customer deselection at renewal. So they're deselecting. They're saying, we're not renewing. Go find another bank. And this is another measure that I think is very alarming. This is part of the trend of debanking, I believe. Your thoughts on this, Jeremy? So just to be clear, you're saying that, or, or rather this article was saying that in some cases, there are people who at the renewal point on their mortgage are being told, we don't want to renew your mortgage here. Yes. And now this person basically was saying that the strategy has been improving the bank's net interest margin. So if these this particular mortgage was considered maybe a stage three loan or an impaired loan that made the bank's balance sheets look bad, then they would have to deselect this client and, you know, kick them to the curb. Well, I think it's a very interesting development in the in the mortgage story. 
I, Canadian banking my, story. My personal belief, and, and I've seen stories on Zero Hedge over the years, that I think that the banks fell into predatory lending. I think the lending got really loose. I think that as interest rates came down, how do you make the same amount of money? You lend more. And so they would just start saying, okay, we're just going to we're gonna let people borrow more because interest rates are low, not thinking the long term, the long game, thinking about what could happen in 10 years if interest rates did go up and could the client handle it. So I think that the regulatory side of it got, got fast and loose. I think now that, it, now that debt has become more expensive, they're now dealing with the fallout and they're not, of course they're not going to take, take blame for any of this. They're just going to deal with it. And I think that perhaps a lot of these banks now have a lot of moving towards a toxic book. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to move to very quickly get rid of some toxic things as they can. And I feel like that, unfortunately, for, for these particular um, uh, mortgage um, owners who have to renew, that they become collateral damage in this. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ultimately, I think that, I think that whether it is debanking or unbanking, I don't believe that the, the banking system as a whole is going to disappear. I think these banks are the biggest banks, longest standing banks. You can bet your bottom dollar that, that if anything came to, to a head, they would be bailed in. Depositors would get, would get their money. Um, we can talk about that in another, another segment. Uh, but I think that we're going to go through a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. And I think that it just makes sense to be, to be defensive here about what you're doing. And I think that both situations are leading to a place that says, if you have the wealth, why would you keep it in the bank at 0%? And if you're getting five, you're losing to inflation when you can see gold has kept up with inflation, silver's kept up with inflation, There's a, diamonds have kept up with inflation, many things have kept up with inflation. And then of course, unsubscribing, as we've talked as well, is a way to to say to the bank, listen, I didn't like your lending policies. I don't like the, how you're dealing with yourself. And if you if you can get your act together, right, and offer me something, maybe I'll come back. Mm-hmm. Last last yeah, twenty I seconds on that. I, I agree with you, Jeremy, with regards to the banks. I think that um, this is a response to you know these measures of deselecting. They may not be a debanking. They may sound the same, but in really what it, what it comes down to is yes, the loose underwriting. They didn't do their homework, and they didn't really. They were you know let's get this approved too much, too fast, and now they're paying the price, and unfortunately has to fall back on the on the people that have to you know maybe potentially uh, sell the property. Uh, but yeah, it, it does definitely talks about the consequences and take ownership for for responsible um, borrowing if you have to borrow, but responsible uh, money management at especially at a time like this. Unbanking, debanking. Thank you, Jerry. Have to go to break. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Much more to come here on the Real Money Show on six forty Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. 
Jerry, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, have a discussion about short-term thinking versus long-term thinking. I really, just thinking a lot about this this week, that we get so caught up in the day-to-day that it's hard to think about the future longer and think about making plans in a longer perspective. Let me give you an example. You know, you get these payrolls come out, right? All these stats, and we always say, guys, these are BS. <laughs> they always these get are, revised. <laughs> these are always going to get revised. They uh, Zero Hedge showed what the revisions actually look like. Great. Okay? So the June payrolls originally were reported <clears throat> at 209,000. And then, yeah, one month later, they got revised down to 185,000. And two months later, they got revised down to 105,000. That's almost 100,000. So the headline was, great news, right? Here's the the payrolls, 209,000 jobs. Traders trade the uh, the reaction, exactly. Yes. But, and then we would say, oh, that's BS, guys. You all know it's BS. But no one cares. No one thinks about it, right? Just like no one cared about shrinkflation. Remember we talked about that? Mm-hmm. Or we told everyone about what was going on. I'm now, very, then, you see, then you see it all revised downward, and you can see what the real numbers look like. And you have to realize that it, it's not about what they say. It's not about what the headlines. The headlines can often be distraction. They can often be moving the goalpost on you, right? Um and you have to start thinking in a, in a much longer term perspective. So for example, the Canadian, in, in 10 years from now, is the Canadian dollar going to buy you the same amount of stuff? No. Let's, let's not worry about a panic, change of currency, hypotheticals aside, okay? If you stay on this path, government stops spending, they try to lower some taxes, but they keep they keep the rates really high is the dollar going to go is the dollar going to get stronger or is it going to get weaker it's only gotten weaker over time you can look in the past now you could say uh the future is not the same as the, you've got 100 years behind you <laughs> to look at these currencies and say do they get stronger or do they get weaker over time the canadian dollar has lost over 96% of its value since since 1915 i think the trend is very clear yeah and then so and in the states it's 99 and they could go from 99 to 99 and a half um and that would be a big move at 99 Mm -hmm. right because you've okay you've already down 99 but now you're it's that last percent you just lost another half of that right that's going to be huge so how do you deal with that how do you think into the future and say, I'm not going to worry about the day-to-day. I know we talk a lot about interest rates and all of this type of stuff, but you have to think a little longer term in how this is going to play out. And one of those things is a natural fancy color diamond because you have to think long term with an asset like that. It doesn't move day-to-day. It's not exciting like a stock. Um, it's a it's a slow building mover right? that we've seen over time. We know that if you go back 15 years in the color diamond market, you could see an intense yellow diamond selling for probably under 10,000, maybe around 10 or even just over $10,000. Yeah. And today they're selling close to 30,000. Yep. Right? That's correct. So you need to to give it that time in order for it to to build. Now why is it? Because they 
they actually are rare. Actually rare. There are things out there that you thought were rare that are not. Take white diamonds. Everyone thought white diamonds were rare. No, no, no. It was just De Beers holding back, mm -hmm. right? They were just holding back supply. Oil. Oils could be cheap. Could it be. could be in, in vast supply, in vast supply, but they constrict it. So the price goes up because it's rare. Now, you could ask yourself who makes money on that, mm -hmm. right? Rappaport, who does the grading, not grading, uh, the pricing for, for all the, the white diamonds, he came out with, with kind of a, a bombastic narr um, editorial on it saying, look, um, it, was, it was great in the beginning with these synthetic diamonds or lab-grown diamonds that you could get a, a, a larger diamond at a third of the price. But now the whole di white diamond market is tanking, and they're still capitalizing on these, on these lab-grown diamonds. On the markup. On the markup. So, and of course, if you wanted to resell a lab-grown diamond, that's equivalent to selling a knockoff Rolex watch. Mm -hmm. What do you think a knockoff Rolex watch goes for these days? What do you think a knockoff, um, I don't know, <laughs> Hermes um, bag, bag goes for? They don't go for anything because mm -hmm. they're knockoffs. They're not real. We live in a world where the emperor has no clothes. Exactly. We got to go to break. But after the break, I got to tell you about what I found online in terms of pricing for natural fancy color diamonds, it's going to blow your mind. Let's get into it. Okay. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Stick with us. It's the Real Money Show on six forty Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. If you want to own physical precious metals, gold, silver, which is our number one pick, we think it's got the most upside potential, 100% upside potential. Man, we were, talk we were watching that video with Bix Weir, interviewed on X22. I sent it off to a couple clients. I'm, I think we sent it out in our newsletter. In newsletter. And he was talking about silver going to five thousand dollars an ounce five thousand dollars an ounce um and we were texting right you and i were texting. five thousand ounces is what two and two and a half million dollars it would be worth right right i mean that buys you a lot of houses actually mm -hmm. maybe not in toronto but freeze yourself of the mortgages that's right yeah it doesn't take a lot of silver so it's definitely one of our our big picks uh, just uh, in between break, you were you had a question, Jerry, about the the U.S. dollar. Yeah, because you know we're talking about the loss of purchasing power, which is you know as a result of inflation, everything's just moving up. Our dollars are buying less and less and less, and over time, you're going to need much, much more of that paper to buy the same good. Now we mentioned the statistics. Okay, ninety six percent of the Canadian dollar's value has been lost. Maybe ninety eight percent has been lost for the U.S. dollar. 99. 99 and probably 99.5. But what, what is holding on to the value? Why is it still, what's the 0.5%, Jeremy? What's keeping this thing alive? I think it's, it's not necessarily value. That might be an inaccurate term. It's confidence. And what mm. they get right, and any right. fiat currency gets is that they have to be used. 
So a U.S. dollar has to be used. Someone wants to buy precious metals, got to pay for it in U.S. dollars. If a grocery store is buying um, items, avocados, strawberries, whatever, from, from another country, they're paying in U.S. dollars. So everyone has to hold these, these, this currency in order to transact. And so you get the benefit of, or if you're the U.S., you get the benefit of them having to use that currency, mm-hmm. right? The BRICs are saying, no, 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 no. We, we need to, to make this more equitable because you guys aren't playing fair, so why should we? That's a loss of confidence. What happens to the Canadian dollar as people start to lose confidence? How much, how much, do they, how much destruction of your purchasing power do you need to lose confidence? I don't know. But I can tell you it doesn't take much, mm-hmm. right? Confidence is a very... Even in relationships, right? Trust and confidence are very delicate, fragile things. And in a, and in a crisis, you see how quickly it can disappear. Oh, yeah. So I think that what's holding it up is the confidence in it and, and the trust in it. And that is a very, very delicate thing. Mm-hmm. Jerry, I wanted to get to, is that, what are your thoughts on that? Very good. I think you're absolutely right. With the BRICS now moving and moving away from the US dollar, I think that 0.5 is is diminishing right as we speak so i wanted to get back to natural fancy color diamonds because uh, we wanted to feature a diamond this week which is a 1.06 fancy vivid yellow internally flawless and it's an oval shape now oval is more rare a shape than your typical radiant or cushion cut which is a more blockish shape i mean we're talking like top 10 uh, athlete versus a top 30 athlete it's you know you're already, you're still within the top 50 but still it is a more rare uh rare shape so i did a quick fancy color research foundation report on it 13 to 16 oval vivids ifs come to market every year now that doesn't tell you if it's a long oval a stubby oval a deep oval a shallow oval just vivid yellow oval IF, mm-hmm. 13 to 16. That's it. That's it. Less than 20. Yeah. So probably the quality that we have at Guildhall, probably well under 10. Now listen to this. Um, I found a similar diamond, but not IF. Not IF, not VVS1 or VVS2. Not VS1, but a VS2. Okay. It's going way down there. We're, 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 we're way down. down. Still a vivid. Still, still a, a VS2, which is iClean. And it was 106? This was a 105. Okay. Okay. On, on Tiffany's website, oh. the jeweler. So it's in, a, it's in a setting. Okay. Let's be honest. You can, you can get a setting for... You can talk to us. We'll, we'll tell you what these things are really worth. Um, taxes in. Tax in. One carat. Vivid. VS2. Tax in. 82,500. 82,005. Yeah. What do you think the, the 106 is going for that we have? Please enlighten me. <laughs> Vivid IF 106, 58,000. Oh. That's, that's 42% cheaper for, for a better diamond. For a better diamond, yeah. for internally flawless, for yeah. a little larger. Slightly. Slightly larger. <laughs> but it's internally flawless, Jeremy. Yeah, and it, it's, what we do at Guildhall is we actually go out, we buy the diamonds. We've invested in the diamonds. We sought out the diamonds. We look for something that we want to have in our collection, and we're seeking out things for ourselves. And then they become, uh, then we open the the portfolio to the public. 
A diamond like this cannot be found. The best I could do is find a VS version, right? Not sure. an IF. So this is a very special diamond, and you should see the color on it. It's not just a, you know, you think yellow, you could think of anything, right? This is like a golden yellow. It's beautiful. just a warm yellow. It's beautiful. You have to take a look at it. It's on the website. There's even a video of it, which is beautiful. And, hey, listen, for 42% for less than you could buy at retail for an asset that, by the way, if you were to own that asset 15 years ago, you would have been paying under 35000 Easily. That's right. So how about that? That's something you put away for the next 10, 20 years Think long term of where this could be and what that could be worth. And if this, if they're selling it for, for a lesser diamond for eighty two thousand today, what do you think they're going to sell it for in a decade or two? Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, this is the track record that Guildhall possesses. This is twenty year history at Guildhall. Twenty for twenty for one years now of doing the exact same thing, going after the rare, putting our putting skin in the game, owning these diamonds. We're going after the beauty. We're removing the guesswork to give you something that is of quality, but economical. This is 40% less than what, what is out there for better quality. And this is the Guildhall difference. It's honest. We want to give you the deal, and we want to show you how to do it the right way. Give us a call. We'll walk you through a diamond discovery session to show you how you can add one of these diamonds into your metals portfolio to round it out. Why? Because just like metals, they are inversely correlated with inflation and because we are we have entered into an inflationary economy you need a natural fancy color diamond maybe it's not for everyone but if you're into beauty if you're into rarity you definitely want to have one a beautiful one i mean summer's done they're saying this is definitely summer in your portfolio yeah you look at it every day you'll feel warm not only that but if you're looking at that we'll do um a promotion you'll get a five gram um Ounce, a five gram uh, gold bar in a necklace that's on a chain and we'll put that in with with the diamond as well and then of course we can also create a setting for you we can do a setting for still you on that as well it'll definitely still be much much less than that um thank awesome. you for everyone for joining the show with us today um that took the time to listen um we do appreciate it so so much and to everyone who's acquired precious metals throughout the week and all of the new uh clients that we've met we do have a promotion for every 100 ounces of silver you get the one ounce of silver uh bar so definitely check that out online go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com and jerry thank you very much and we look forward to speaking to everyone next week here on the real money show the number 18778 silver the website guildhallwealth.com and again it's the real money show on 640 toronto the preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.